Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, it's good to have all of you here joining us and those of you joining us online. We're so grateful that you are here. We're going to finish up this series today called Reset, where we have been looking at, uh, at taking that time, this time of year, to kind of get back in the rhythm. We've come out of something that has you know, kind of created some disequilibrium. And so we're, we're looking to reset, to have God reset us. And we've been looking at uh, resetting. And sometimes resetting means to start again, to do some of the things that we've done in the past and get set up and ready to go. But also sometimes that means to set anew, to bring some new things into the mix that focus us on the mission that God is calling us to. But before we go any further today, I want to take just one minute uh, to do something. Today, uh, Pastor Ken Ray is here. He's right over here in the back. We've been praying for him. Pastor Ken is moving to Chelsea uh, this week. Is that right, Ken, or is it next week? In a week, in a week. And this is his last time to be with us here at Cross Community. Pastor Ken has been a mentor of mine and helped in so many ways. He's preached, he's taught, he's served here. And so can we say thank you to Pastor Ken uh, as, as he goes on to move to Chelsea? Thank you, my friends. And uh, I'm sure Chelsea's not too far. We'll get together for some lunches here and there. We're glad you're here today. But we're looking to reset, to set again or to set anew. And so we've been looking at building a mission statement, a mission statement for Cross Community Church. And we've been saying that there are three phrases that on their own are pretty powerful, but when they're connected, they really begin to express the mission of the church, of Cross Community Church, but of the church together. Week one, we looked at help at that first phrase that, Cross Community Church is committed to helping people. That's a, that's a good thing, that we go to look and find Jesus in the vulnerable. Whatever that vulnerability looks like, we see him. But not only are we helping people, but we're helping people find and follow Jesus. That that's the purpose. We want them to know what we have experienced in Jesus. The forgiveness, the mercy, the hope, the love, the joy. We want them to find that. And then we want to help them begin to follow Jesus. And today, we'll look at that third phrase that connects and completes our mission statement. And so if you have your Bibles, however you get your Bibles, here uh, in book form or online, go ahead and open them to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to begin at verse 18. And I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard uh, Translation. And so if uh, you have one of those apps, you can switch to that. If not, it won't be too different. It'll be okay. And because this is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to stand in honor and reverence if you are able 
to the reading of the gospel. Hear the word of the Lord from Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 18. As he, that's Jesus, walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into into the sea. For they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee. Mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, a few weeks ago, I was online and I ran across some, an article. I, and I know, I, I know it was just clickbait. Uh, it's one of those things that they just want to get you there to that site. And then they load it up with ads, hoping you'll click in the wrong place as you're trying to scroll down through. And then they can sell you something. But I couldn't get away from it. It just intrigued me. So I clicked on it. And I'm putting it up here. So if you would like to go and see uh, the rest of the 18, I'm only going to show you three. Uh, If you want to see the rest, you can go look for them. But these are 18 popular sayings that make no sense. I thought we would look at some of these. Maybe maybe you'll you'll catch what's going on here. The first saying is, pick the low-hanging fruit. Now, the author goes on to say that he grew up around fruit-picking farms with, with fruit trees. And he says, this makes no sense. Because if you start at the bottom, you're filling up your basket and making it heavier as you go to the top where the branches are smaller. Also, the fruit at the top of the tree is riper because it gets more sun. Just makes no sense. But still we say, pick the low-hanging fruit, meaning just take what's right in front of you. Do the easy thing. It's okay. (laughs) Number two, how many of you know this one? When life gives you lemons, what? Make lemonade. He says, you know, I understand what they're doing, But to make lemonade, you need three things. You need lemons, water, and sugar. If life gives you lemons, it's impossible to make lemonade unless life gives you water and sugar as well. Makes sense, right? Maybe that's an invitation to count your blessings even when you get lemons. I don't know. Number three, no use crying over spilt milk. Now, This one, I guess, came about when back in the day you would put a pail under a cow and you would do by hand, you would milk that cow. And sometimes the cow might step forward or backwards and and knock it over. And they're just saying, there's nothing you can do about it. There's no use crying over it. You just have to wait for more milk or hopefully the cow has a little bit more for whatever you need it for. But this guy says... These days, you can simply go to the store and get more milk or call Uber Eats and deliver and have them deliver some. While spilling milk may be upsetting to some, I'm not sure anyone's literally going to cry when they spill some milk. I know it's used to mean that you shouldn't spend time worrying about stuff that has happened because you can't change it. I just think there are better ways of saying it. How many of you are you're with this guy? Like, I don't know. It's sarcastic a little bit, but it's fun. 
These sayings, just they, we say them and we understand the meaning behind them, but sometimes it doesn't make logical sense. And I think in some ways, when we hear this phrase, Jesus saying, fish for people, I will make you fish for people, it kind of can fall into one of these same patterns, where it just doesn't seem to make sense when you begin to think about the metaphor. And maybe it's because our metaphor is kind of captured in our modern understanding of fishing. See, here's our view of fishing. In fact, some of you may be going fishing this week, or you might be fishing now and you're watching online. Isn't it amazing? You can go to church in a boat. But here's our view of fishing. It looks fun, doesn't it? It looks nice, relaxing. In our view of fishing, you go near where the fish are, right? You go to the shore, maybe you're like this guy, you get your feet a little wet. I don't know, some of you are more adventurous, maybe you do the waders and you kind of maybe wade into knee level, or, but you go near where the fish are. Then you try and guess at the right kind of bait or tackle. You know, my, I, I inherited a fishing tackle box from my dad who lived on the Gulf Coast and went fishing in Colorado and fished in the lakes of, of western New York. And here, I have no idea what these things are that I'm pulling out of here. <laughs> so I'm just guessing. I, I, I'd like to catch a fish. Go get it. You know, you cast it out. And then you, you hope that you've got the right thing on the line so that then you can hook them. Oh, this, this is a good method of evangelism, right? Hook in the jaw. And then you can pull them in one at a time. And then maybe the metaphor breaks down because we're pulling them out of where they live to die so that we can eat. You see, this, this, this may be one of those phrases that we need to do a little bit of interpretation in order to make it understandable. And so we may have to look back at what fishing looked like in the ancient times in order to help it make sense in our modern times. Because right now, our understanding of fishing for people is really dominated by our modern understanding. We want to kind of go near. We build our churches in cities or near people so that we hope that they will come in the doors. And we, we try and get our, our tackle and our bait ready. We, we make sure we have the technology. We have the right fishing poles, the right lines, the right bit. And we try and cast it out into our neighborhood, hoping that if they're driving by, we might hook one of them and pull them in and drag them in the doors. But what if it's different? Because, see, Jesus' understanding of fishing was a lot different because in the ancient days, they fished in a much different way. You see, in Jesus' day, they left the shore to fish. They went out where the fish were. They cast their nets as wide as possible, not as narrow and hidden as our modern fishing line. They cast the nets wide in hopes to cover as much territory and area as possible. And then they would haul that catch towards and into the boat. Sometimes they would even have to get off the boat in order to push the nets and the fish up in to the boats and they saw it differently not as moving uh, life from its uh, place of, of living and pulling it out to die but they saw water as the leftover chaos from creation that God separated and divided in order to for life to flourish and so they see fishing as pulling life out of chaos and what a gift from God that is so when Jesus says to them I will make you fish for people. 
He might just be saying, I'm going to invite you to go where they are. I'm going to invite you to use grace as the widest net possible. I'm, I'm going to invite you to show gentle service as the way to draw them in. And then once they're in, I'm going to invite them. I'm going to have you invite them to grow and go with you. It's a different way of understanding fishing and the metaphor that Jesus captivates these four men with. So what if our sharing uh, Jesus began to look more like this type of metaphor that Jesus is showing us? What if it began to look like that? Let's look at that. Here's our last phrase for our statement today. Cross Community Church is committed to helping people find and follow Jesus by seeking and serving others. Do you love how we're sandwiching, helping people, and serving others? Our whole mission statement is wrapped in in this, this understanding. That Cross Community Church is committed to helping people find and follow Jesus by seeking and serving others. I think, let's say that together. Can we do that? Let's say that together. Ready? One, two, three. Cross Community Church is committed to helping people find and follow Jesus By seeking and serving others. So what is this going to look like as we go out called by Jesus to fish for people? I've given it to you already, but let's go through it a little more slowly and thoroughly. Number one, it means that we have to go where they are. In verse 23, the first part we see. So Jesus calls them. They leave immediately and they follow after him. And he begins right away. What does it say in in the first part of verse 23? Jesus went throughout Galilee. He didn't say, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. And okay, we're just going to stand here by the lake. And anybody who goes by, we'll just grab them. We'll throw nets over them. No, he went to where they were. He said, if you're going to fish for people, you have to go where they are. And so Jesus models this. They're following after him, and he goes throughout Galilee, not just to one town, not to just one village, but he goes throughout an entire region. This is the call. And for many of us, the good news is, is that you do. You go out there. You're around people every day. I know COVID made us kind of shrink down and into our little bubbles. But now we're called to go out, to to begin to see that your life is a lake, that your school students can be looked at as a sea where you are called to fish for people and your work place is a body of water where there are people needing to hear about Jesus. It's important that we understand if we're going to fish for people, we have to go where they are. Number two, we have to look at grace as the net. That next part of verse 23 Jesus went throughout Galilee, and what did he do? He was teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. So he went to where you would expect to hear teaching, and he taught. He proclaimed grace. He proclaimed the good news of the kingdom that was now coming and was present in him, what he was announcing. He was doing that in the place where you would expect to do that. But there's something different here. 
He not only taught in their synagogues, but he proclaimed also the good news of the kingdom. I want us to look at that because the word for proclaiming is the word keruson in Greek, the, the language of Matthew. Can we say that together? Keruson. Ready? One, two, three. Keruson. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Keruson. And third time, just so you dream about it tonight. Ready? One, two, three. Keruson. Keruson means a herald. And a herald was not someone who would be in a synagogue teaching there, but it was somebody who would be out in the village square announcing grace, announcing the good news of the kingdom. He would go outside of the city, and as they would travel from place to place, he would proclaim, he would announce grace, not just in teaching in the synagogue, but out in the city, out in the highways and byways. Jesus didn't just teach in synagogues he went where they were and he announced grace in the place you'd expect it and in the places you wouldn't he wanted to cast a wide net of grace so that others would know jesus taught grace in the synagogues and proclaimed grace as a herald in the streets and so for you and for me for those of you online to fish for people then we must teach grace in church yes we'll keep doing that here's a plug for small groups you need to be a part of one it's a part of learning about grace hearing grace taught to you and it may just be that jesus will call you to teach a small group and to teach grace to those that are around you but we also are called to live grace out in the streets in your neighborhoods in your workplaces in your schools we're called to live out that grace and to announce the kingdom through our actions out in our world number three we're not just called to go And we're not just called to announce grace, but gentle service then pulls them to shore. Look at the third part of verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. We think, well, that's great, but I'm not a doctor. I've got some Tylenol in my medicine cabinet, but that's about it. I want us to look at that word curing. The word for curing in Greek is the, is the word therapuon. You want to say that with me, don't you? One, two, three. Therapuon. And what does therapuon sound like? It's right up there on the board. Therapy. And therapy is a, a series of actions and practices that bring healing and health to the body, to the system. And so Jesus wasn't just like zapping people, hitting them on the head, making them fall over. But Jesus was therapeuon. Everyone who was sick, he touched them, he entered in, he made them well, he helped them. And we begin to see this as a church as we go out and we provide gentle service in the world that grace is the net we want it cast as wide as possible and we want it announced and lived out but there's also a form of gentle service that draws them in i thought this was a beautiful example uh, of some ancient fishing where a whole village would get in on it can you see that up there 
And so what they would do, this, this giant net is all the way out there, and you can see everybody on the shore pulling in. Well, what they would do is they would get the people on the shore that have those edges. The boat would then leave in the middle carrying the net and get out past the fish, where the fish are. And then a guy would leap off and get the net open, and then the people on the shore begin to gently pull it in. And I thought, what if announcing grace is this side, and gentle service is this side and we begin to pull in tons and tons of people just like this example and they have to go slow i I found out if they go too fast then the net gets too heavy too far out in the water and so they're guiding them they're leading them in with their gentle pulls and touches so that once they get in near the shore then they can heave ho and pull them in what a beautiful example of going where the fish are, announcing grace, and then gentle service to pull people in. And then lastly, once they're here, what do we do? We invite them to grow and to go with us. We didn't read this today, but if you were to go on to verses 24 and 25, you would see that those people who had grace announced to them because Jesus had gone where they were and announced grace in the commonplace and announced grace out in the streets. And because he was gently serving them and therapeutic-owning their illnesses, then they grew and then they went and they got more people, it says in verse 24 and 25 and brought them to Jesus they began to fish for people and brought him to Jesus brought them to him so we begin to see this happen and so when people come we invite them to grow and go with us now this is important for us today I love this quote by Madeline LaEngel She says, we do not draw people to Christ by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all their heart to know the source of it. Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't our world need to hear that from the church today? And I believe that if we go where they are with a net of grace announced in the commonplace and taught in the synagogues but announced in the streets and we gently serve and pull that net in and then invite them to to grow and go with us, we will begin to see this metaphor of what it means to be fishers for people in our world. The disciples responded immediately. And they responded with sacrifice. They were leaving behind all that they had employed. In fact, one of them was leaving, two of them were leaving their father in the boat, which could have been seen as a slap in the face. You were, you, you had sons and daughters to try and keep the family business going. And here they just leap off the boat and head with this rabbi wandering off throughout all of Galilee. But they left immediately because they heard his call. The question is for us today is, will you, will I respond immediately to the call of Jesus who wants to make me fish for people? Which means I have to go where they are, proclaim grace in the streets and in the church, 
to gently serve with others, to pull them in and then invite them to grow with us and then go with us out to continue the cycle of what Jesus is calling us to. One last G word, because I want to encourage you. Jesus will give you what you need. And because we started with some, some uh, quotes that, that uh, are a part of our world, I want to leave you with one more. Jesus will give you what you need. This is how we put it into a saying. It's one more popular saying. Jesus doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. When Jesus called me to be a pastor, I was studying music. I I, I could find my way around a Bible, but I had no idea how I could do this. So don't let that stumble, uh, be a stumbling block for you. Jesus will give you what you need. He doesn't call the ones who are already equipped. He equips the ones that he calls. And he has called you. He has called us, church. And we are committed to helping people find and follow Jesus by seeking and serving others. We're going to do that in some of the ways we have in the past that are going to continue. But as we begin to move towards our 100th anniversary, there are going to be some new things that Jesus calls us to in order for us to become fishers for people. And he's calling us today. Will you respond like the disciples did immediately and ready to go? Would you bow your heads? Father, we're grateful for this metaphor that Jesus gave to us. We pray that the Holy Spirit has inspired it again, enlivened it again for our day and our age. Because the truth is, you are still calling men and women, teenagers, even children, to fish for people, to go where they are, to announce grace, to gently serve, draw them in so that they can grow with us and go with us. Jesus, today, we're humbled by your call. And many folks I know, because I was one of them, can be intimidated and scared to think that you would want to teach us, me, to fish for people. And I still have a lot of growing to do, and I still need to have my eyes opened to see the people all around me. So I pray that they would lean into the promise that you will give them what they need, that you will equip them. You have called them and you believe in them. You want to show them how to truly live as a disciple following after you. Father, I pray that Cross Community Church would become what we have announced as our mission. That we would be a church, a community committed to helping people find and follow you by seeking and serving others. 
God, help us when we sit in the pews and just hope that people come in the doors. Send us out. Teach us to announce. Teach us to live grace in the streets. Help us prepare things that will help people grow and go with us. Give us what we need, we pray. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed today, if you've heard Jesus say, hey, I want to teach you to fish for people. This doesn't mean you're, you're going to be a pastor. It just means that he wants to open your eyes right where you are. If you've heard Jesus say that and you want to respond immediately to him today, would you raise your hand right where you are? Right where you are. I want to respond. Jesus is calling. I'm going to say yes. I want him to open my eyes. I want to go where they are. Yes. Good. Good. You online, you can type something in, in, the, in the comment section if you would like. Let us know. You're going to go. You want to announce grace. Good. Good. Lord Jesus, you saw every hand. Empower them now. Strengthen them. Send them out. May tomorrow at work or school be different. Because they are going in as your disciple to fish for people. Make us this kind of church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and receive this blessing? And now, my brothers and my sisters, I pray that you will first and foremost hear the call of Jesus to follow him and become fishers for people. I pray that you will go where people are. Have your eyes opened in your workplaces, in your schools, in your homes, and in your neighborhoods. I pray that you will announce grace with your words and by your actions. I pray that you will learn the joy of serving that draws people in. And I pray that we together will see people come to grow and go with us. And I pray you will experience the empowerment of God as he equips you for the call. I pray these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us, one God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in his name. Go where they are. Announce grace. Thank you for joining us online. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Be safe out there. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.